Chapter Twelve of A Daughter of the Snows by Jack London. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Twelve. Mister Harney, pleased to meet you, Dave. I believe, Dave Harney. Dave Harney nodded, and Gregory Saint Vincent turned to Frona. You see, Miss Wells, the world is none so large. Mister Harney and I are not strangers after all the eldorado king studied the other's face until a glimmering intelligence came to him hold on he cried as st vincent started to speak i got my finger on you you were smooth faced then let's see eighty six fall of eighty seven summer of eighty eight yep that's when summer of eighty eight i come floatin a raft out of stewart river loaded down with quarters of moose and strainin to make the lower country fore they went bad yep and down the yukon you come in a linderman boat and i was holdin strong as it was wednesday and my partner as it was friday and you put us straight sunday i believe it was yep sunday i declare nine years ago and we swapped moose steaks for flour and baking soda and 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 sugar by the jim cracky i'm glad to see you he shoved out his hand and they shook again come and see me he invited as he moved away i live a right tidy little shack up on the hill and another on el dorado latch-strings always out come and see me and stay as long as you a mind to sorry to quit you cold but i got to traipse down to the opry house and collect my taxes sugar miss frona'll tell you you are a surprise mr st vincent frona switched back to the point of interest after briefly relating harney's saccharine difficulties the country must indeed have been a wilderness nine years ago and to think that you went through it at that early day do tell me about it gregory st vincent shrugged his shoulders there is very little to tell it was an ugly failure filled with many things that are not nice and containing none of which to be proud but do tell me i enjoy such things they seem closer and truer to life than the ordinary everyday happenings a failure as you call it implies something attempted what did you attempt he noted her frank interest with satisfaction well if you will i can tell you in few words all there is to tell i took the mad idea into my head of breaking a new path around the world and in the interest of science and journalism particularly journalism i proposed going through alaska crossing the bering straits on the ice and journeying to europe by way of northern siberia it was a splendid undertaking most of it being virgin ground only i failed i crossed the straits in good order but came to grief in eastern siberia all because of tamerlane is the excuse i have grown accustomed to making the ulysses mrs scoville clapped her hands and joined them a modern ulysses how romantic but not an othello frona replied his tongue is a sluggard he leaves one at the most interesting point with an enigmatical reference to a man of a bygone age you take an unfair advantage of us mr st vincent and we shall be unhappy until you show how tamerlane brought your journey to an untimely end he laughed and with an effort put aside his reluctance to speak of his travels when tamerlane swept with fire and sword over eastern asia states were disrupted cities overthrown and tribes scattered like stardust in fact a vast people was hurled broadcast over the land fleeing before the mad lust of the conquerors these refugees swung far into siberia 
circling to the north and east and fringing the rim of the polar basin with a spray of mongol tribes i am not tiring you no no mrs scoville exclaimed it is fascinating your method of narration is so vivid it reminds me of 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 macaulay st vincent laughed good-naturedly you know i am a journalist and he has strongly influenced my style but i promise you i shall tone down however to return had it not been for these mongol tribes i should not have been halted in my travels instead of being forced to marry a greasy princess and to become proficient in interclannish warfare and reindeer stealing i should have travelled easily and peaceably to st petersburg oh these heroes are they not exasperating frona but what about the reindeer stealing and the greasy princesses the gold commissioner's wife beamed upon him and glancing for permission to frona he went on the coast people were eskimo stock merry-natured and happy and inoffensive they called themselves the okilion or the seamen i bought dogs and food from them and they treated me splendidly but they were subject to the chow chuen or interior people who were known as the deer men the chow chuen were a savage indomitable breed with all the fierceness of the untamed mongol plus double his viciousness as soon as i left the coast they fell upon me confiscated my goods and made me a slave but there were no russians mrs scoville asked russians among the chow chuen he laughed his amusement geographically they are within the white czar's domain but politically no i doubt if they ever heard of him remember the interior of northeastern siberia is hidden in the polar gloom a terra incognita where few men have gone and none has returned but you i chanced to be the exception why i was spared i do not know it just so happened at first i was vilely treated beaten by the women and children clothed in vermin-infested mangy furs and fed on refuse they were utterly heartless how i managed to survive is beyond me but i know that often and often at first i meditated suicide the only thing that saved me during that period from taking my own life was the fact that i quickly became too stupefied and bestial what of my suffering and degradation half frozen half starved undergoing untold misery and hardship beaten many and many a time into insensibility i became the sheerest animal on looking back much of it seems a dream there are gaps which my memory cannot fill i have vague recollections of being lashed to a sled and dragged from camp to camp and tribe to tribe carted about for exhibition purposes i suppose much as we do lions and elephants and wild men how far i so journeyed up and down the bleak region i cannot guess though it must have been several thousand miles i do know that when consciousness returned to me and i really became myself again i was fully a thousand miles to the west of the point where i was captured it was springtime and from out of a forgotten past it seemed i suddenly opened my eyes a reindeer thong was about my waist and made fast to the tail end of a sled this thong i clutched with both hands like an organ-grinder's monkey for the flesh of my body was raw and in great sores from where the thong had cut in a low cunning came to me and i made myself agreeable and servile that night i danced and sang and did my best to amuse them for i was resolved to incur no more of the maltreatment which had plunged me into darkness now the deer men traded with the seamen and the seamen with the whites especially the whalers 
so later i discovered a deck of cards in the possession of one of the women and i proceeded to mystify the chow chuen with a few commonplace tricks likewise with fitting solemnity i perpetrated upon them the little i knew of parlored ledger domain result i was appreciated at once and was better fed and better clothed to make a long story short i gradually became a man of importance first the old people and the women came to me for advice and later the chiefs my slight but rough and ready knowledge of medicine and surgery stood me in good stead and i became indispensable from a slave i worked myself to a seat among the head men and in war and peace so soon as i had learned their ways was an unchallenged authority reindeer was their medium of exchange their unit of value as it were and we were almost constantly engaged in cattle forays among the adjacent clans or in protecting our own herds from their inroads i improved upon their methods taught them better strategy and tactics and put a snap and go to their operations which no neighbor tribe could withstand but still though i became a power i was no nearer my freedom it was laughable for i had overreached myself and made myself too valuable they cherished me with exceeding kindness but they were jealously careful i could go and come and command without restraint but when the trading parties went down to the coast i was not permitted to accompany them that was the one restriction placed upon my movements also it is very tottery in the high places and when i began altering their political structures i came to grief again in the process of binding together twenty or more of the neighboring tribes in order to settle rival claims i was given the overlordship of the federation but old pai uni was the greatest of the under chiefs a king in a way and in relinquishing his claim to the supreme leadership he refused to forego all the honors the least that could be done to appease him was for me to marry his daughter ilswunga nay he demanded it i offered to abandon the federation but he would not hear it and and mrs scoville murmured ecstatically and i married ilswunga which is the chowchwen name for wild deer poor ilswunga like swinburne's isult of Brittany, and i tristram the last i saw of her she was playing solitaire in the mission of Irutsky, and stubbornly refusing to take a bath oh mercy it's ten o'clock mrs scoville suddenly cried her husband having at last caught her eye from across the room i'm so sorry i can't hear the rest mr st vincent how you escaped and all that but you must come and see me i am just dying to hear and i took you for a tenderfoot a chechako frona said meekly as st vincent tied his ear-flaps and turned up his collar preparatory to leaving i dislike posing he answered matching her meekness it smacks of insincerity it really is untrue and it is so easy to slip into it look at the old-timers sourdoughs as they proudly call themselves just because they have been in the country a few years they let themselves grow wild and woolly and glorify in it they may not know it but it is a pose in so far as they cultivate salient peculiarities they cultivate falseness to themselves and live lies i hardly think you are wholly jest frona said in defence of her chosen heroes i do like what you say about the matter in general and i detest posing but the majority of the old-timers would be peculiar in any country under any circumstances that peculiarity is their own it is their mode of expression and it is i am sure just what makes them go into new countries the normal man of course stays at home oh i quite agree with you miss wells he temporized easily i did not intend it so sweepingly 
i meant to brand that sprinkling among them who are poseurs in the main as you say they are honest and sincere and natural then we have no quarrel but mr st vincent before you go would you care to come to-morrow evening we are getting up theatricals for christmas i know you can help us greatly and i think it will not be altogether unenjoyable to you all the younger people are interested the officials officers of police mining engineers gentlemen rovers and so forth to say nothing of the nice women you are bound to like them i am sure i shall as he took her hand to-morrow did you say to-morrow evening good night a brave man she told herself as she went back from the door and a splendid type of the race end of chapter twelve read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybart.blogspot.com